PFL when we played in the wintertime. And um, I know around this time uh, in 2006, it got real cold in Vegas. And our fans went way down uh, because of the weather. And I'm pretty sure it was like that on the East Coast as well. Um, you know, people just don't want to be cold. So going to the spring leagues and things of that nature, you know, the key venues are high school venues right now. That's, that's just to be honest. Uh, venues are, are, are coming about uh, just due to the fact of field availability. You know, of course, you would like to have turf field and some other stuff. But, you know, the high schools are where it's at. You know, um, I don't know how many high schools that don't have running tracks and if the fields are on top of each other, on top of the, the stands are on top of the field. Uh, but I just think that that would be more conducive to, to what we're trying to do in building the girls and women's football. You know, it's finding great venues. I know at one point in time there were some, some teams that had venues at universities and colleges you know, they had maybe 10, 15,000 people, 25, 30,000 people, and a crowd of 500 just don't look good in those type of venues. So I'm a type of owner, type of marketing guy that I want to pack the stand. I want it packed. So I want an intimate spot, but I want it to be, you know, good. You know, and I know if, if Carla was here, she'd be talking about, well, what venues are you talking about? You know, most high schools have a track around the football slash soccer field, and so they kind of stand back away from the crowd. Um, but there are some high schools that, that, that are just football, soccer only, and don't have track field, you know. So, you know, that's the current day. You know, I know that the new league is looking at having some big venues because they plan on, you know, hosting many fans at their games. And it's great to to project. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Not knocking it again. I'm not here to knock anything. I'm just here to just talk about reality and how it goes, you know. Um, but the venues are definitely important. You know, locker rooms are important. Uh, sound systems, uh, the quality of the field, be it grass or, or turf, uh, the sound systems, uh, being as you have play-by-play uh, or announcers, or even the um, the music, you know, that's part of the whole entertainment as well. Um, and then again, fan accessibility to the snack bar in comparison to, to the stands is another thing that's important uh, at the venues. Uh, as far as the costs are concerned, you can pay anywhere between 500 bucks to as much as $2,500 for some for a venue uh, for those who are just getting their, their, their toes wet in this women's football world. You know, hey, I got got fans over on Facebook. What's up, gal? Look out now. We got super duper producer BJ on board. I got my girl Erica on board. Yep, this is your boy Flea Lee in the place to be. Four quarters with Coach Lee. I do this every Monday night. Uh, me and Carla. Carla's not in today. Uh, but she, oh, you know what? There's Carla right there. Maybe she might want to join in. Let me see if I can get her to join. I don't know if I can invite her. Uh, on on Facebook Live, I don't know why I can't get it done, but if if you can, Carla, you're on board. See if you can um, invite yourself on. We're just talking about venues right now, and um, I was just going over, you know, idea classic venues um, for teams. Uh, Oh, she don't have, okay. You don't have, that's okay. I got you. If you got anything to say, you can always type it up in the message board and I'll, of course, say whatever you had to say because I'm you, you, me, and we make it happen. But anyway, we're talking about venues. And, you know, another thing about the venues that you want to talk about is, is it close to downtown? Is it close to where it's happening? Because these are Friday night, Saturday night games, and you want to be in the area where there's people. You don't want to be out in the boondocks. You don't want to be way out left, you know. Um, it, you just don't want to do that. Oh, I got my students jumping on board. What's up, Courtney G? Courtney G in the place to be. But anyway, so we're talking about venues, and the venues are, are very important when it comes to, to promoting football. You know, accessibility. Parking is another thing. I know a lot of teams want to do, like, um, tailgating parties and things of that nature. 
You know what? Let me cut this one light off. It just like really bothering me. Um, now it's a little dark, but that's all right. Um, let me see there. There we go. You know, so they they want to tailgate. They want to do things uh, and party out in maybe an hour, an hour, two hours before the game. Um, is the parking lot conveniently close to the football field? Um, snack bar is another thing. You know, everybody wants to know, you know, do I got to get up and snack to the snack bar? You know what I'm saying? So, again, football is, is a very important game. Uh, you know, no matter what gender we're talking about, it is very important. But the venue is always important because uh, it gives – Home home field advantage, it gives the ambiance, it gives all the things that fans want. <laughs> uh, one of my students was talking about me because uh, I started an Instagram account uh, about four months. No, no, it, what was that, April? March, April? And I told him that I was going to have 1,000 followers. And I, and I think today I got my 400th follower. So, yeah, I'm moving. I'm shaking and baking. It's a little slow, but, you know, hey, I'm old. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of my friends ain't on Instagram. We 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 just don't do the young thing anymore. So, you know, when it comes to Facebook, I'm good. But, you know, like I said, I have a lot of fun with my, my students and ex-students and some other, you know, folks. So, you know, I talk real to them about what goes on. And, uh, you know, I'm shaking and baking. But anyway, we're still talking about football. We're talking about venues. We're talking about, you know, the cost. That, that that comes into running the team and, and getting them. You know, how do you get a venue? You know, my my best thing is go find the best field available. Go talk to the football coach. Go talk to the athletic director. Go talk to the principal. Uh, kind of tie yourself in with with the with the school. Make it some kind of a program where it is a um, like a like a work program or like a mentoring program that that gives you a, a better discount um, as though you're mentoring either the girls program or the boys program on campus. Give them an opportunity to run the snack bar. Uh, use it, utilize it as a fundraiser for those particular schools and programs. Uh, having players go and speak on behalf of your organization uh, and set some things up. You know that's been the best method of how I, I've started. Uh, teams um, in getting venues. Um, if you have a Pop Warner football team involved, you know, have them there. Maybe they can do the daytime, you know, split split the cost with the organizations. That's something that to look into. If they get it in the daytime, you'll get it at night. Um, there's a lot of great things with the venues, okay? And so when you do, when you do that, just make sure that it's in a great location, that it's in a great spot, that you know, it's accessible, friendly to the, you know, freeways or highways. It can be seen from, from a distance, meaning that the lights are shining brightly and you can see. Um, and then, you know, like I said, you got to do advertisement, advertisement, advertisement. You got to advertise those folks um, to come to the game. So it, it really wasn't nothing much about venues. Again, the question came about, you know, what was the cost? Again, anywhere between 500 to 2500 per venue. Uh, what was my preference? Again, I'm, I like the indoor game just because um, it just, it's just more exciting. I mean, again, I, I've coached a, a lot of levels of football, different types of football, and to me, the indoor was great. But, again, indoor is a lot more expensive when you talk about arenas. Uh, you talk anywhere between 5000 to maybe – Ten thousand dollars a night. Um, you know, who can afford that? I don't know, but uh, that's that's definitely some of the venues that I've been involved in. Uh, here we got the Raiders venue. I know they're going to be doing a lot of things here. At, what is what's what's the stadium called? It's not called Raiders Stadium anymore. Las Vegas Stadium. It's called uh, Allegiant Allegiant Airlines Stadium. Uh, you got the new stadium going up in Los Angeles or Inglewood with the Rams and the Chargers. Um, so you got a lot of lot of hot venues out there. Just do you have the product to play in those venues? Is it worth the cost? And I know again in the WPFL there's there are some teams that played at colleges. I know the Texas teams played at at, at some of the universities. Um, and it's great and all, but is it cost efficient? So again, when you're going about this, be cost efficient. Do things that are gonna 
take care of your bottom line. And that's what it's all about, the bottom line. All right? So I'm going to go ahead and, and shake and bake, move on. You know, it's a little chilly here in Vegas. I woke up this morning, and it was cold. I'm still freezing. I got a uh, a pulley, I mean, a hoodie on right now just because I'm still chilly from earlier in the day. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to quarter number two. Quarter number two. I know I'm flowing through the show, flowing, 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 flowing. But we're going to talk about football media and exposure. Um, a lot of teams, this is another one. I had, a, I had an owner contact me. Ooh, mouth is dry. Hold on. I had a, a good meeting uh, with an owner of a new team. And they were just asking me about exposure and how they were doing some research and loved what I was doing when I was the owner and coach of the Las Vegas Showgirl. Uh, they pulled up, they sent me a bunch of flyers that I did. They found them on Google. They saw uh, some interviews. They saw some commercials that I did. And we kind of went over for about an hour and a half of their game plan. And they kept telling me that I was ahead of my time. I'm like, no, nah, I wasn't ahead of my time. He said, I was doing what I was doing because that's what I do. And um, and I know a lot of these teams nowadays are, are are working on that media attention. And they asked me about, a, um, what is that, a sports network called Stadium, if I had any contact or connections with, with that network. And I said, no, I don't at the moment, but I, I can work on it because, again, uh, it's an up, upcoming network, just like ESPN was back in 1979, 1980. And they do a lot of alternative sports. And they were wondering, would they, you know, do you think that they would air uh, women's sports on there? I'm like, yeah, matter of fact, tonight at 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock, they had two women's shows um, spotlighting women. There were 30 minute shows uh, spotlighting women in sports. Uh, so I know they will do it. Um, it's just a matter of do you have the connections and do you have the production ducats to make it happen? I don't know who that was who gave me the thumbs up, but I love you. Everything is good, baby. Everything is good. So, you know, when it talks about the media, it's about having a press release. It's about having somebody on your staff that's familiar with uh, press releases and getting the word out to the media in time for them to cover you. There's plenty of opportunities for you to get media coverage. And, you know, you just got to put time, time and effort into it. And I know with the, with the new technology and doing flyers, it's really easy nowadays to just, you know, do your own flyer. It's a, a thing called Canvas or something like that. I know my wife uses it all the time. What's up, Larry Blacking, the place to be? All right, all right. We got people jumping in and out. This is your boy, Flea League, four quarters of Coach Lee. I do this every Monday night. Uh, talk about the good, the bad, the ugly uh, with girls and women's football. That's my concentration. But I do talk about other football, be it high school, uh, be it NFL, be it college. Uh, but this show is really dedicated to her turn the ball. And normally I have my co-host here, Carla, but she's not here tonight. She's out doing what she do. She be hustling. And uh, so I'm here at GFA Studios getting this taken care of. And like I said, we got topics that we talk about all the time, but it's an hour show, and uh, welcome on board. Um, so where was I at? Back into the media. You know, it's, it, it is about getting the word out. You know, I've been looking at some of these flyers and some of the, some of the promotional uh, tools that teams are using on a lot of these chat boards, you know, uh, and private boards and stuff like that. And it's funny to me because we we got these national boards, be it women's football chat, women's football this, women's football that, you know, but we don't get a lot of input or a lot of conversation. I know back a while ago, I mean, you know, 10 years ago, I was running the women's tackle football group dot board, and it was a real interactive board. I mean, it was interaction all the time, 24-7. And once we went over to Facebook and and we got all these rooms, it's just like people just join those rooms. So when, you, when you're advertising and promoting on these things, you're not getting a response. Even though there's 2,500 people on the board uh, or in that room, you know, 
we've kind of gotten burnt out, I guess. Uh, people are, are burnt out seeing the same old things. But when you're putting a flyer on a national board talking about you having tryouts, yeah, you're promoting for your team, but are you really recruiting, uh, being effective in your recruiting uh, by putting it on those national platforms? You know, so my thing is you got to go local. You got to create local local boards. You got to create local interests. You got to create uh, local television stations and radio stations and, and get out there, do PSAs, uh, and hit up those uh, those folks that you know you're you're making a difference in in the community and making an impact. Uh, those are some things that I I know I really worked on in Las Vegas. Um, I, I knew the editors of the newspaper, the sports page, and the entertainment section uh, because we did some of both. Uh, we also did the little, the little newspapers, the neighborhood newspapers. That was another effective way of utilizing the media. Um, I think, no, I know. I'm not gonna say I think. I know. Um, I was able to get the front cover of three media outlets uh, back in the day on the same day, uh, talking about the showgirls and, and women's football. So again, it's about starting off at the local area and really focusing in your media efforts and getting exposure, you know, national exposure, it will come, but, but it's not really affecting your team. That's what the league should be doing. The league should be doing national exposure. Teams should be doing regional and local. Oh, we got some more folks up here. What's up? Coach Vic, coach Vic is on board. What's happening? Big dog. Um, we're talking about again, football media and exposure. You know, we talked about stadium network. Oh, what didn't happen here? I didn't went live and then it went off. So I don't know what's going on, but you know what? We'll, we'll put that back up. But the media is very important to what we do, you know, and having the media in your backyard is what's best. And I think that the national, your, your national organization should be attempting to get that feed from, you know, the, the major players. The, the ESPNs, the Fox Sports, and um, and the stadium outlet, you know, is is just something that should happen. All right, I'm back up live. Like I said, things happen when you don't have your ace ace boom right here on the right hand side, which is Carla, and then I got my super duper producer BJ over on on Blog Talk Radio handling that business. So. I'm back up live. If you want to go back live, I'm back live. Um, I don't know what happened, but it happens. So when we talk about the media, again, you got to have somebody on your team that's willing to do, that's willing to help promote. Uh, but then, again, you got to create your own media, 60-second, 30-second commercials. you you got to take the pictures and put together some kind of videos with some music behind it. You know, those are things that I like to do to promote. Uh, to showcase what my teams are doing, um, to showcase what the, you know, the community events. Um, again, and it's a lot easier when you put them in a, in a 30 to 60 second kind of snapshot. If I do something, I would do something no more than three minutes, okay? People's attention span right now has, has went down. You know, they, they're looking for the quick fix. They're looking for... I want to see what you're doing, and I want it done in, in, in 45 seconds or else i got to move on to the next thing because people are impatient. Uh, they don't appreciate, you know, the work that you're putting into um, putting that event together. They want it all in the quick bang, 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 bang. I call it the microwave popcorn generation. You know, if it lasts over five minutes, man, you, they tuned out, you know. So even doing infomercials, doing commercials, doing stories, is 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 bad at this point in time. So you know, just condensing down your 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 PSAs, your commercials, and your event. You know, just hit them quick and then move on. You know, you can do several small videos instead of doing maybe one ten minute video. Do five five two minute videos and then put them out like you know five days in a row, a different video. You know, so that's another thing that we talked about. Um, uh, when I talk to the owner of the team, um, again, I'm I'm free to for folks to come, you know, contact me. You can hit me at at dlee.gfa at gmail.com. Uh, um, 
we can we can hit hit me on LinkedIn um, as well, and then we can connect. I love talking to folks. I love giving people, um, you know, advice. You know, I'm saying I don't know everything, but I've been through a lot. I, I worked the scene for quite a bit, and um, I'm just here to share. I'm just here to share, you know, my experiences, um, my uh, my 12 years, 18 years in the in the business for for promoting uh, at least sports. You know, did 25 years in the music. So again, I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I, I know what to do. You know, do you have the budget to make it happen? That's the other thing. But I've done things on on no budget. You know, and um, was capable of doing some great media things. But again, get creative. You know, Apple. You know, your iPad has, you know, editing program. You can put together a pretty decent commercial with sound effects, voiceovers, and all the other stuff. I mean, it's just a matter of taking your time and doing it. So that's what I do quite often when I'm doing GFA stuff, when I'm doing uh, my high school stuff, Sunrise Mountain. So there's a couple of videos if you go over to, um, what is it, at Girls Football Association on YouTube. I got about twenty, about twenty-five videos up there that I just, I just throw them together when I'm doing some coaching, and I just feel like, hey, you know, that was some good coaching points. Like the other day, I was doing, the, you know, the hot read that I was teaching the girls, and I just pass that information on. I don't try to keep no secrets. What's up, Coach? Coach Johnson over in uh, New Mexico is on board. That's great. That's great. That's great. We fell off a live the first time, so people coming back on to live this time. And again, we on topic of media and exposure. You know, another thing is that we have to teach our, 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 our players how to answer questions, how to be interviewed. You know, a lot of us, you know, especially when we're dealing with the young people, they don't know how to be interviewed. You know, I, I did an assignment today at school where I told my students to pick their favorite um, sports team. And in one minute, in one minute, tell me why they're your favorite sports team. And I got a lot of flack for that. Oh, that's going to be hard. Oh, a minute? That's a long time. No, it's not. If you can't talk about yourself for a minute, then you really ain't got nothing to talk about for yourself, you know? So my thing is, you know, do some training. You know, have some people from the media come and interview. Matter of fact, look it up on Google. What's the top 10 questions that media personnel would ask, uh, you know, sports athletes? And kind of get them on video and kind of let them see themselves talk, uh, hear themselves talk. Because a lot of people don't really have never heard themselves talk and don't realize that they sound the way they sound. I sound kind of funny when I listen to myself, so I, I, I laugh. But I, I talk so much, I'm used to hearing myself now. So again, those are some of the things that we have to do. You got to put these people in front. You got to get you got to get uh, get your team in front, so that when they do have an opportunity to talk to the media, that they sound intelligent, that they sound like they know what they're talking about, and they're appropriate. You know. Because what is the media looking for? Somebody to mess up, jack up, so that it can go viral. You know, in some cases, it's good to go viral. You know, I come from the music game. You know, if we had all this technology about 25 years ago, man, do you know what these artists would be doing? You know, because back then, all media was good media. No matter if it was bad media, it sold records. But it's not that way in sports. You know, players getting, you know, getting in trouble or whatever don't sell tickets. It kind of goes the other way around. But I know that teaching young young kids, the boys and the girls, hey, this is how you handle media. You know, again, matter of fact, this Wednesday I will be hosting. We're not hosting. I'll be doing a media class, uh, like a media one on one for my flag football team. Because again, after the game, a big win or something like that, you want to let you know those who play a lot get some exposure. But they they also get in front of the camera and they get camera shy, or they get in front of the the um, reporter and really don't know how to explain what just happened or how excited they were. They, they're lost for words. And I know I'm lost for words all the time, but you know, I'll find a word to get to where I got to get to. You know what I'm saying? So again, training, 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 media, be friendly with those in your local area, you know, start reaching out to those, to those, those writers, you know, let them know everything that's going on, you know, invite them out to lunch, invite them out to your event, make sure you got a little press area for them, being that it has just refreshments, fruits, water, sodas, and things of that nature, so that they can feel at home. You know, the homier, yeah, I, I said it, the homier you make it, 
the better your story is than when they talk about you. So you definitely want to do that. Uh, get as much media attention as you can. Exposure, exposure, exposure. The more positive, the better. And the more events you do, be it uh, community service, you know, invite folks out there. They might not come, but you need to have somebody that's recording all this stuff while you're there. Just put a little snapshot, 30 seconds to a minute, and then send that over. You never know. They might want to, you know, do a story on what took place based on the footage. You know, especially if you're doing some things with the youth, you know, adults doing it with the youth, be it a football camp, be it a clinic, uh, be it a trunk or treat, you know, Halloween going on right now. Uh, if you're doing the rec center, like what I'm doing right now, I, every year I, I do a hunted house uh, for Clark County Parks and Rec. Um, and so this week, this year is a little bit smaller. I, I normally do like a, a 4,000 square foot uh, hunted house, but this year I'm just doing probably about a thousand square foot uh, hunted house. Um, I just don't have the time to put it together like I used to, and then I don't have the resources, meaning that I don't have a team of ladies or gentlemen um, that can help get it done, you know. So I'm over at the direction of those type of stories they love. They're not always sports stories, but you got to get that exposure. Matter of fact, we did a, a layout of in the women's football where, you know, it was like a superwoman thing. You know, these women work in the daytime, and then they play football in the evening. And like I said, I had doctors, I had lawyers on the team, I had technicians on the team, I had teachers on the team. And so it was a big article about the different occupations that women who play football, what, what was the occupation? And that was a great read as well. Um, so again, be creative in, with the media and, and, and finding out, you know, an angle that they will come out and do uh, an event with you and actually write about it. Uh, but again, it got to be personal. Reach out to them. Again, when they come, treat them very kindly. And, you know, make sure you shake hands and, and go do the talking as, as you are the owner, if you are the head coach, and let them know, set them up on what the event's all about. And then also point in the direction of what, what teammates uh, you want to interview. Because you know your players. You know, you know who can talk. You know who's uh, charismatic on, uh, out on the, uh, on the field, who's got that personality uh, that media likes. So, again, you can help point in that direction. You don't send somebody who's they don't say a word. You know, they lead by example. They don't lead by their words. Um, you know, and sometimes it's a reward for those who get the opportunity to be in the media. So, again, pick and choose and, uh, and make it be a good reflection on your organization. All right? Uh, let's move on, baby. We got to move on quarter number three. Man, I'm missing my co-host. Where are you at, Carla? Where are you at, Carla? I am missing my co-host because I, I, I talk a lot, but I love to have somebody that I can shake heads with and that also can kind of, you know, have a second thought on what we're talking about. But quarter number three, we're going to talk about the Women's Football Hall of Fame. Um, it was just announced. Again, I hate that my other computer is acting up. And if my co-host is here, she can get that all taken care of. But it's not about who's in it. It's about where is the Hall of Fame located at? Um, who are the voting members? These are some of the questions that came about from last week's show uh, that I didn't get a chance to really, really research. I, I was counting on my co-host to be here, and we can hook this up together. But my other computer is on still mode. I can't get it to work. Let me, maybe I cut it off and cut it back on. Maybe that will work. My mama always told me, unplug something for 10 seconds and then plug it back up and it'll work again. Hey, we got Coach Till on the line. You know, Coach Till's a good dude, man. I love him to death. He coaches all major sports at his, at his school. Uh, he's a head football coach. He was a head flag football coach, and he coaches softball. So he's constantly coaching. And um, not sure if he's coaching the girls' flag football team this year. Um, but, you know, he's a good dude. I love him to death. And uh, wish you guys luck, Coach. I think you guys got, what, one more game, two more games? And uh, keep pushing, man. I know it was rough this year. But you did, did me a, a favor. You did me a number. You beat somebody who I wanted you to beat, and, and I love you for that. Um, 
But I'm trying to get this computer to load up, man. I'm trying to get this computer to load up so I can talk about, maybe I can talk about who all made the Hall of Fame. But, you know, some of the things that, you know, the question was, you know, who organized it? And to be honest, you know, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, I just think it's a great idea. I think there's going to be a lot of research that needs to be done, though, because there are a lot of women football players and coaches and, and other people that help develop the women's football leagues uh, that need to get recognized, uh, from the creators of the WPFL to the IWFL uh, to some of the coaches that won championships to some of the all-star players, um, you know, to gathering all the official stats. That's, that's another big thing, you know. I know, you know, little girls, I was able to keep stats. I, I still have my stats, my all-time greats. And I know that there's some worthy players um, from my organization that definitely should be included in the, the, uh, the Women's Hall, uh, Football Hall of Fame on stats alone. I mean, Kerry Walters is the goat of all goats. That means greatest of all time for those who don't know what goat stands for. Uh, for the showgirls, she led us in all-purpose tackles. Uh, throughout her career, all-purpose yards, um, interceptions, I think touchdowns. The only category she didn't lead us in was, I think, rushing, because she wasn't really a running back uh, in our program. Um, but those things need to be taken into consideration, uh, just like any any other Hall of Fame. You know, coaches that have won championships, that have winning records, um, should be included in there. Uh, owners who elevated the game and took it to the next level, uh, be it, you know, competition-wise, be it promoting-wise, um, you know, all those other great things. I think I got some action over here, so let me try to pull this up and, and get this going. But, you know, who are the selective members who get to vote? I mean, that's very important as well. And like I said, I'm not here knocking. I'm just questioning because I think, it's, a, it, it's an awesome idea and concept. And I know that the NFL has a women's segment at their Hall of Fame, but I don't know if there's a wing or something just for women, okay? Uh, I know there might be a showcase for women and women of the game. So that's something that we got to look into. But I would love to to help put together the committee. I would love to find a location where people can actually visit, um, where it could be some kind of, you know, it should be some kind of membership. You know, I'm all about membership. I'm all about power and numbers. And I just really think that if you are a woman who's played football, you should be part of something like the GFA, the Girls Football Association. It should be some women's FA. WFA, well, it is Women's Football Alliance, but where it's a membership-based organization to help foster and promote women's football, just like we're doing here with the GFA. Uh, we're, we're promoting hard, we're pushing hard, uh, because it's going to take members to make things happen. But I think that's what should happen. There should be a national office of this particular organization that's going around and helping promote women's football across the nation. Um, and utilizing the nonprofit funds to help promote and foster women's football. It it should be. You know, I speak I speak in volumes when it comes to support, you know. So with the women's football hall of fame, I'm working on something here. And let me let me see if I can Google this real quick. Where are you at, Carla? Oh my God. You know I need you. I, I can multitask. Let me see. All right, so here we go. I didn't Google up Women's Football Hall of Fame 2008. Let me just read up a little bit about it. Well, this says there has been no woman inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But uh, let me go to their Facebook page. Maybe that'll work. Wait, wait, wait. Women's Pro Football Hall of Fame official site. Hey, 
See? See what happens when you look stuff up? Well, it takes me right to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It just has a women's division. It's really selling, selling stuff for the NFL. That ain't what I want. Um, here we go. I think Neil, Neil might have more information. Neil does a great job. Uh, he's wrote some great articles. Um, Rosendale is his last name. So again, it's been some great stuff, but let me just do a little, little, little talk about the women's um, football hall of fame. Okay, and it says right here the phrase "hall of fame" is a powerful is, is a powerful one in sport world. For many athletes, it seems as the pinnacle pinnacle of success. However, in two sports hall of fame, whether that's the Pro Football Hall of Fame in in, in, in Ohio or the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown or any others, there's a clear process for nominating and electing members of the Hall of Fame. It stands to reason that a women's football Hall of Fame should adhere to the same standard. I would never be satisfied with anything less. Again, he's, he's real point blank. I feel the same way. It shouldn't be, oh, let's just vote. It should be a process in order to get in. Okay? Uh, he goes further and further and further and further, further down about the process for the men. No, it's a long article. I don't think I got time, time, time to really break this down. But Women's Football Hall of Fame is a w, IWFL. It says the IWFL was the first league to take a stab at a Women's Football Hall of Fame. They tried to start one in 2007. That was about three years after I got into the game, okay? Uh, housing uh, exhibit at the Museum of World Treasures in Wichita, Kansas. It stayed there a couple of years until it was returned to Texas for future uh, exhibition or exhibit in 2009. So, again, the IWFL tried to, to get it going. And then the WFF Hall of Fame announced their first honorees in 2014. Let me see if they have the first nominees or honorees in the IWFL. It doesn't say, you know. Then it talks about the Hall of Fame in the WSFL, which Randall Fields, a good friend of mine, was promoting the idea. It had a, a website back then, and he was promoting it back in uh, 2011. I'm just going through this real quick. Uh Again, I, I'm not here to knock some of the things that took took place, but it, it's it's a long article. I mean, Neil did a great job on his research. He does a great job on research, and I, and I wish I would have read up on this prior to the show. Again, I thought my, my girl was going to be on here, uh, Carla, but she's not. So here we are, just me and you, me and you. Um, but again, it's something that should be done. It should be done, and it should be housed somewhere, just like you were saying earlier. Um, and it should be a process. It should be a process. So it, it's going to take a lot of film. It's going to take a lot of pictures. It's going to take a lot of research uh, to get. You know, if I was a voting member and it came to criteria to get into the Hall of Fame, there's one athlete that, that, that stands in my mind as probably the greatest women's football player I've ever seen. And for a couple of teams in her latter years, but in her beginning stages, she played for the Dallas Diamonds. Jessica Springer. Uh, that name just rings and rings and rings, just like the rings she got on her fingers. Uh, as probably the pentacle, top-notch women's football athlete. I'm talking about strength. I'm talking about size. I'm talking about I'm talking about football IQ. I'm talking about stats. I mean, she was incredible. 
Uh, I don't know what her statue was, but she was probably about five nine, five ten, maybe. I might be exaggerating. Uh, about two hundred to two twenty, and like I said, she was a truck when it came to running the rock. She was a truck when it came to being a linebacker. She was a kicker, punter, kick returner, punt returner tailback, wide receiver. I mean, she was everything for the Dallas Diamonds when I first uh, looked at the football team in 2004 five. And uh, she was one of the reasons why I started up a women's football team. Now, that's somebody that I can vouch for to say, hey, she is worthy of being in the Hall of Fame. Um, again, I'm going to do some more research on this. And I'm going to come back next week with Carla and we're going to really read these articles. We're going to really do some research, and we're going to find out, you know, does one exist? If it does, what is the criteria to get in? Uh, I know we've had, we got a Hall of Fame because we just had a list of uh, Hall of Famers. Actually, uh, my super-duper producer, BJ, is a member of that Hall of Fame, and that's awesome. I love her for that because she's done some great things in women's football, especially on the media side by giving up venues and opportunities like this to host shows. She has coaches from all over the country that does shows on her network. Um, and she just started out, out in her living room and just wanted to give the extra word on women's football after she played for, for the Sacramento team. And, um, you know, when I met her, uh, I just threw out some ideas. She said, hey, Coach Lee, let's do it. You know, I remember uh, us out in Laughlin, California, I mean, Laughlin, California, Laughlin, Nevada, where I was in the IWFL, and we hosted like a jamboree. It was one of the first kind, first of its kind. And um, meaning we had teams from different states. We met in one location, and we played all day. And it was a great, a great program. And she was able to air uh, that live. Matter of fact, I was coaching and on the phone and giving play-by-play not only of my game, but all the activities that were going on. And from there, we grew and, and, and made it great. And definitely, she's definitely one of the worthy ones. Again, some of the players, I don't have the list in front of me, but I recognize maybe about six names that really stand out. And they were the cream of the crop on their teams that they played on. Uh, Kenny Martin was one, again, a very explosive tight end, outside linebacker, defensive end, very unstoppable. I know she's still playing to this day. I think she's the owner of the San Diego Rebellion. Um, there's another young lady that I would vote on that came from the, the Dallas Diamonds. All I remember is her name was Q, number 17, running back. I don't have her full name. BJ, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but uh, she's definitely worthy of – being in the Women's Football Hall of Fame. Uh, I just know it was cute. I know she reminded me of Barry Sanders back in the day. Again, her and Jessica Springer was one of the two of the influential players that caused me to start my own team in Las Vegas uh, when I moved out here from Los Angeles. Uh, I know that the quarterback from the D.C. Divas, I don't have her name in my head right now, uh, the quarterback from the Pittsburgh Passion. And again, these ladies might be in the Hall of Fame already. I'm just going about since I've been involved in women's football since 2004, uh, of those girls who were worthy, that were ballers, that have the stats, that you can put their film up against anybody's film and they would be the best. What's up? We got Mr. Gerald Riggs, uh, Atlanta Falcon Hall of Famer here on, 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 on my network here. He's also a Bonanza alumnus. What's happening, Mr. Riggs? Glad to see you joining Four Quarters with Coach Lee. I'm on here every every Monday night with Carla. You know, glad that you can join and, and listen in on our venture to getting more more women playing football, more girls playing football. Um, again, so we have some drop-bys that just drop by on in on my Facebook Live. So, you know, again, I got a, a nice little crowd of, of folks out there. Um, so, again, I, you know what? I'm not doing this any justice. I really, really want to focus in some more, BJ, on, on this Hall of Fame. I think this is a great topic. Um, like I said, off of my team, I, I, I can say for sure, you know, Carrie Walters. I can say uh, Carrie Mitch, uh, who was my quarterback for two years. She threw for more yards in two years than 
anybody that I've known. She threw for over almost 5,000 yards in two years. Uh, then she moved to Chicago, played some backup quarterback in Chicago. Um, was definitely worthy. You know, Nikki Johnson is another trendsetter, uh, being one of the younger players to play uh, pro football here in Vegas. Uh, helped start flag football here in the, in the city of Las Vegas in the state of Nevada. Also played in the Lingerie Football League. Uh, made some big, made a big name for herself over there. Um, again, there are so many ladies that are worthy. Um, it, 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 it's definitely something that we need to get together as a women's football community and really find out. What about flag football women? You know, I got a couple of women that I've seen playing flag football, play for the USA team and some other folks. You know, so it, again, it's a wide array of women who, who are worthy of being in the Football Hall of Fame. And it's just a matter of can we find the organization that will, one, support it, and two, you know, help run it and manage it. You know, it's something I don't want to do, no. Somebody just asked me, do I want to do it? I'm like, no, buddy. My plate's full. I just like to throw the idea out there and have somebody else run with it. Uh, but it looks like it's been worked on. Again, I've been away from the women's game for about three and a half years, so I really wasn't keeping up up, up to snuff on what's going on. Um, so with that being said, you know what? We're going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. Uh, quarter number four. That's one, two, three, four. You know, like I said, we do, you know, four quarters with Coach Dean Carlin every Monday night. We talk about the GFA, which is Girls Football Association. We talk about women's football, be it whatever league it is. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. We're here to improve. We're not here to knock. We're just here to improve. We're here to talk. We're here to open dialogue. You can always join us on Facebook Live. You can request to join in and uh, be a guest speaker. You can also call in at 657 383 1020. All right. And we haven't had much guests uh, because I really haven't been promoting the guests to come on just because we're going Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and some other things live. And we just don't have the equipment to make sure that everybody can hear everybody. I know I was on task to buy some equipment. Um, but, again, we're a nonprofit organization, and we got to push for membership. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't just keep coming out the pocket. I've been doing that for a long time, and right now it's all about, you know, exactly self-supported. So, anyway, updates, updates, updates. Again, um, there were some couple of tryouts going on. I know that the new football league – uh, what's that, the WNFC, or no, WFLA uh, is having tryouts or combine, I think this weekend down in, in Arizona. Uh, go to their website, check it out. Uh, it, you don't have to pay. You just got to get there. Uh, they're looking for top-notch athletes. And from what I saw, it, it, it was some top-notch athletes out there. I don't know their names uh, and what sports. But they're doing it. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty impressed at what they're doing. So if you're in the Arizona area, the Phoenix area, uh, take a look. Look them up. Again, the WFLA uh, is coming to a town near you for their combine. I know that teams are already doing workouts. I know here the Silver Stars are looking for players here in the Las Vegas market. Uh, they may mention that they practice every Wednesday night over at Desert Breeze Park at 6 o'clock from 6 to about 7.30. Uh, football one-on-one and workouts. Uh, they had a good group there last week, which was great. Uh, and I'm pretty sure there's other teams out there that are having, you know, off-season workouts. Uh, for flag football, we're about to start up flag football. Uh, we got tryouts on November 16th, so we're about two and a half weeks away uh, from kicking off our high school season here in Las Vegas. Uh, I've been running a 12-week off-season program for my girls. Um, and then we're going to have a big event with the the, the Raiders uh, here in Las Vegas on November 30th. For those who are going to be in town, you should come on by. Again, I'm going to be using media. You'll see a lot of media attention from that event. It's going to be a jamboree. It's going to be a symposium. Uh, we're going to be promoting uh, girls football now here in, in the Nevada market, but from California, Arizona. Um, also, again, you know, we got to promote, we got to promote, we got to promote. You know, the GFA is really, really working hard to promote girls' participation in, in, in football, be it flag, rugby, or tackle. Uh, there is a major event 
that we want to attend in the Washington, D.C. area, Washington, D.C., Maryland uh, area. There's going to be about 5,000 athletic directors there. We want to get a booth, but we need your help. Uh, again, you always hear me talk about membership. You got to go over to uh, a girls football association.org. That's dot org. Uh, become a member. We're, we're a membership supported organization. Uh, that's how we get to where we got to get to. Uh, it'll be big news if we are there. Uh, we got a lot of people that want us there. They can't wait for us to be there. But again, it, it, it's a matter of if our membership turns in and do what we're supposed to do. You know, we're working on it on a fundraiser where we're going to be selling some GFA socks and some other things. Again, we got other products. We got the unequal products that we utilize. In. These are headbands uh, to reduce reduce uh, head injuries. We have mouth guards, Power Plus mouth guards. Again, and a lot, uh, not a lot, but some of the proceeds uh, from those sales of those particular items because they're our partners go to our cause. So again, join the GFA, Girls Football Association, help us spread the word, help us get more girls playing football across the United States. We got Jackie on board, what's up? We got Rodney on board, Bob on board, uh, Michael joined. Again, Orlando, Pablo. We've got a lot of people joined tonight. It's been great, you know, but we need you guys to join the GFA. My boy Derek Washington's on board. I think he's out in Florida. What's up, Derek? Uh, we played ball in college. So, again, I love the fact that when I'm doing the show, people, they jump in, they jump out, they acknowledge that, you know, hey, I'm doing a good job, and they move on, which is great. But we need you guys to join the GFA, GFA, GFA. We got to help support the girls' movement. You know, if you be active, then just be a member. Membership has its privileges. You know what I'm saying? Um, when we do our fundraiser, we're going to be doing GFA T-shirts, socks, again, unequal sports gear. If you your son or daughter plays soccer, if they play seven on seven football, if they play flag football, we got the headgear. Okay. We 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 got the uncut, you know, again, to protect the family, the family jewels. What's happening? D wash. Man, that's one of my mentors. Back in the day, he's a little older than I am. I used to DM up all the time. Flea Lee used to DM up. Um and he know that. But, you know, he went on to the next level. I didn't, so I can't tell you anything. But uh, I see him coaching, doing some basketball and everything. Hey, we've got equipment, you know, to help reduce injuries. All funds that are fundraised through us go to the GFA. Again, we're building the network for more girls to play football, be it flag, uh, rugby, or tackle. It's up to the parents. But we are advocates for girls to play football. I know in the state of Florida, D-Wash, D uh, there's 300 schools that participate in flag football, man. You should definitely uh, take a look this spring, you know, drop by to a game or two and check out the girls. I'm not sure if you got a daughter or a granddaughter at this point in time, but, man, we would love for you to get out there and support those girls. Uh, we got 62 teams, high schools out in Georgia. New York is jumping off. Again, I should have some great news, XFL news next week with GFA and XFL. Uh, a great partnership is lining up there. Again, we're promoting football. We 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 down with the Raiders. Uh, we got a program on November 30th with the Raiders. Uh, we're working on the Los Angeles Rams and Los Angeles Chargers uh, in the in the coming weeks uh, in the Seattle uh, Seahawks and the 49ers. So GFA is doing what we do. We are networking with the NFL, the big boys, to to help promote girls uh, in New York. The Jets have some board. There's going to be 50 high schools this spring. Uh, when when the GFA kicks, not kicks off, but when we do a special event for the New York Gladiators, not Gladiators, but the Guardians of the XFL, we're going to invite between 305 girls to uh, what's that, is the Metropolitan Stadium uh, and do an event with them in the spring. So I think we got a lot of things going on, folks. So, again, got to get you guys the, the, the support. That's what we do. You know, I know football has a lot of time I've been playing since I was five. Uh, got me a free education by playing this sport, and we're working on that for girls. So we got a major mission going on. BJ, I am about done. This hour has been great. It's been cool. I miss my co-host. Hopefully she'll be back next week, Carla. We saying give you you my my yang. Saying you my my son to my earth. I don't know, but I know the show goes a lot smoother when you home forward and. We and we get a lot more talk. 
So, BJ, I am out of here. You can hit that button. Let's rock and roll. Four quarter coaches every Wednesday night with Carl. See ya. Peace.